Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Ephesians 6, as he's concluding this letter, he's coming to the last wrap-up of the letter. And I find it really interesting, Paul, who's saying, hey guys, there's really a spiritual battle going on. The devil is real. There are principalities and powers coming against you. And you need to get ready for the fight. So the first thing you got to do is do roll up your, your robe and put on that belt. And he quotes from Isaiah. Put on that belt of truth around your waist. Get ready for this battle and put your breastplate. And what's the breastplate do? What's it protect anyway, that breastplate? Your heart. Boy, if there's something that the devil knows what to mess with when it comes to hurting people, he does have a way of putting those arrows right at our heart, doesn't he? So he works a lot of schemes to mess with people's hearts. So Paul, quoting from Isaiah, says, make sure you put on that breastplate. So first two things. We got a robe up, belt of truth around our waist. We got a breastplate protecting our heart. Our, our, we're ready. We're ready now. He says, and then we got to put on our feet something. And he quotes from Isaiah 52. The intro, how lovely, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace, who brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. How lovely are the feet of him who comes with this preparation of the gospel of peace. This is, this is the announcement. Guys, God reigns. I don't know if you know that, but he hasn't quit his job. I mentioned this on Sunday because I get many calls as a pastor that, Pastor, Pastor, it's terrible. This is happening and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know what's going to happen. And they're panicking. And I I think, uh, excuse me, did God, wait, maybe I didn't get the memo. Did God quit his job? As he he stepped down from his throne, he's he's no longer holding the position as God. God Almighty, God All-Knowing, God All-Powerful. God that, that causes all things to work together, that God, the one, the creator of heaven and earth, the, the, the maker of all things, that, that guy, did he quit? But if he didn't quit, we don't need to worry because I got news, I get to it. The thing we put on our feet is this preparation of the gospel of peace. It brings great peace to our heart to know who is it that reigns? Now, you won't have peace if you don't know the whole verse of Isaiah that is spoken. But see, Paul knew the verse. So for him, it just, and, he, and, and he's speaking to a bunch of folks that they were pretty well versed in the scripture. So when he said, guys, put the preparation of the gospel of peace on, shod your feet, put, get ready to bring out the news. Well, what news were they supposed to bring? You look at the verse 7 there of Isaiah 52. The news that God is announcing salvation and that our God reigns. That's something that, for some reason, the church forgot somewhere along the line. I'm not saying everyone has. There are believers that still herald that cry. They know that God is the one who has brought salvation. And we get to announce it. Hey, guys, Jesus came to save us. And did you know God reigns? He's in charge. He rules over everything. Don't have to worry. We got a great boss. You need that for the battle. 
if you don't have that, you're running in barefoot. It, can you imagine running in barefoot into a battle like on the Aa fields that we have here? The the lava that has the real sharp, pointy, like glass type straight spikes that come from the from when the when the lava's hot and exploding, and it gets that crystalline, sharp little jagged edges on. You couldn't run on that for nothing barefoot. I don't care how tough your feet. You you'd be all sliced to pieces. And so you need something to protect you in this battle. You need to put on, in the military, we say you got to put on your, your combat boots. You ain't going to go running into combat. You don't know what you're going to step on that, that's out there, what sharp things are, are booby traps or things. You need something to protect you. Well, you know what we need as Christians to protect our feet? We need, a, we need the, this announcing of salvation, this proclamation that Christ came to save. And God reigns. He is in charge. If you don't know that, you're not really going to be ready for the battle. And you're not going to stand too well against the devil. Because the devil will come along and say, he'll, he'll, he'll get you to question, do you think God's really in control? Do you think he's really the boss? I mean, does he really mean not to do those things? I mean, come on. you got to have a little fun, don't you? You know, he'll, he'll question everything what God has spoken as if God doesn't really truly reign. As if he's not really going to judge. But if I read Isaiah 52 through 53, didn't it say that the Lord will be the one who will justify many by his, by his death? And yet he will be the one who will, he will be the one that will be the judge. He's going to, he, he's going to shut up king's mouth. He's going to, they're going to go, whoa, wait a minute. This guy really was the boss. You know, even though they, they saw and didn't understand at that time, it says they will. Their understanding will come. And he's going to be the one that is going to bear, it says his arm in 10, verse 10 of Isaiah 52. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all nations and, and that all the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch nothing unclean. Go out of the midst of her. Purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. He's like telling them, the Lord's going to take care of this. You guys, you better watch out. Now, why does he bear his arm? Why do you think the Lord would bear his arm? He says, I'm going to bear my arm in the sight of all nations. And I, they'll see my salvation. They'll see the hand of the Lord to save, to keep them humble. And when he shows up, it'll be a wake-up call. Well, here, the Lord then tells us, but Paul says, now in addition to putting on the right footwear, the gospel of peace, this announcing of it, in addition, he said, take up your shield of faith. You can have your breastplate on, protecting your heart, but that ain't going to stop a, a flaming arrow from getting you from the side or from the back. The devil likes this shoot from behind doesn't he he's a he's a creep he'll sneak up on you and he'll he'll send a one of them flaming arrows right from behind and use your backside for target practice you need a shield sometimes you got to whip around and put the shield behind you and you, you've seen the guys in battle how they move those shields here comes their boom, boom, boom. they move it to to get between that arrow as it's coming in right between the, the that shields right between them and the arrow to catch it he says, this you got to have. Now this one, the shield, he says, then the helmet, 
And we already looked at the verse in Isaiah 59, the helmet of salvation. Hopefully you're not one of the Christians just wearing just your helmet, but, you're, but you've got all of the armor being donned right now. And then he says, and then lastly, the sword of the Spirit. Now, of all of the stuff that really we put on, this is the one thing that's our true defense and offensive weapon, the sword. And the sword of the Spirit, he says, is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, when the devil comes at you, it's good to know God's Word because remember the devil when he was tempting Jesus? Is it not written? You know, the devil quotes. He can quote the Bible, by the way. Don't worry. He's, an, he's a fallen angel, but he still knows Scripture. It doesn't mean he's going to quote it in context or in the proper way. He's, he's going to twist it. That's, that's the most dangerous thing is there are some people, they are dangerous with Scripture. They can quote you some Scriptures, but they, they, they pluck them out of context and they, they put a little twist on a little spin, and it's not right. And this is where it's good for us to have the, the whole counsel of God, the whole Word of God, that when they come at us and say, doesn't it say, is it not written that you can cast yourself down from this high pinnacle, Jesus, and and his angels will bear you up lest you dash your feet against the stone. Doesn't it say that you should don't have to worry? Go ahead, jump. Remember when the devil was trying to tempt Jesus to jump from that high? And what was Jesus' answer? And it also says, remember? And it, oh, every three times when he goes, you know, through these temptations, every time the devil is trying to get Jesus to, to fall for the temptation, Jesus would say, and it is also written, Okay, that thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. You don't force a test on the Lord. And interestingly enough, Satan, a fallen angel, whose job the description was to be looking out for man, lest they would fall and dash their feet against a stone, right? Is telling Jesus, go ahead, jump. Do you think he was going to do the job of the verse that he's quoting? No, he would have stepped back and let Jesus splat. It would have been like, ha ha, just because it's written doesn't mean I'm doing it because he was defiant. He was rebellious. And that rebel, listen, we need to have our hearts not in rebellion to God because the ones that are rebellious towards him, well, Isaiah, that, that passage we just read in 52, the Lord's going to take care of those rebellious guys. He tells them, man, clean it up, man. Clean up your act or you're going to touch nothing unclean. Get out of there. Purify yourselves. This is the lead-in to the, the story of the Messiah's coming. The lead-in to the gospel of the New Testament was John the Baptist. He, he started off with repent. The first word of the gospel in the New Testament was spoken by John the Baptist. He said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. He, he told him, turn away from your sin. Quit sinning. The Lord's coming. Sometimes we, 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 we want to soften it and not step on anyone's toes but listen if they're in sin you're not stepping on their toes you're proclaiming good news you can get free get out of that quit that sin and purify yourself get ready for the lord's coming you don't want to be caught in sin. how many want to be caught in sin when the lord comes not me in first john john wrote that there is a hope which purifies our heart in first john chapter four he says everyone that that, oh, no, I'm sorry, chapter 3. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us. This is verse 1. That we should be called the sons or children of God. And such we are. 
And it says in Beloved, we do not know as yet what what we will be like, but we know that when he appears, we will be made like him. Okay, when we see him, you know, when, when Paul wrote to the Thessalonican church, he, he said, when we see him, we'll be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. But this corruption gets to put on incorruption. This mortal body, I'm upgrading to immortal. You know, Daniel's like, Dad, we're going to go do some stuff, man. When we got our new heavenly bodies, we'll be able to, like, be up on a cloud. And, and, and you know, you say you want to go windsurfing. And he said, like, and we can windsurf down to the next cloud and over this way. And, and I'm going to have an island that floats in the sky. And he's telling me, because what, what, what difference does it make? We can be on the underside or on the top. Or, and I'm like, son, because and we, we, we could... Well, we just jump from one island over to another, fly through the air 5,000 miles, land, and just swing around and have... I'm thinking, yeah, you know, when you're immortal, you're not really going to be worried about falling, are you? Just, it'll be great. And the the things that we get as joy for our faith to to realize, this is what we look forward to. This is great. But it says we don't know what, we don't know exactly what it'll be like, but we know when we see him, we'll be made like him. Now it says in 1 John, everyone who has this hope, what hope? The hope of seeing the Lord. When you see the Lord, you're going to be changed. You get a new body. You get to, you get to be changed into incorruptible, immortal. Everyone that has that hope, it says, fixed on him. It says, purifies himself. You know, that's one of the most purifying hopes of our faith. When I think, Someday I'm going to see the Lord. I don't know what day. The Bible is very clear. No man knows the day or the hour. But it says we know the signs of the time. Do we have some of the signs of the time? Yes. We should be ready for the... What if the Lord was to come back tonight? Are you ready? Like if he came right now, you'd probably go, this would be good. We're at Bible study. Good time. Lord, show up now. Everyone will see how holy I was. What, what about after Bible study? Or, or maybe earlier in the day? Were you, were you ready for him to come then? Or were you participating in something that you wouldn't want him to see you do? See, this is a hope, it says, that purifies my heart. Whenever I'm tempted to sin, the Lord just kind of gives me the old tap, tap on the shoulder and says, you want me to come now? I'm like, uh, mm, um, mm, uh, it would be better if you didn't come right, right now, Lord. You know, like, I mean, this is like, no, I mean, I want you to come, come while I'm preaching about your coming. See, the, if he could just come right now, I'll be so happy for eternity. I'll be telling you guys, I told you, didn't I tell you? Told you he was coming soon. I didn't know when, but I knew it was any minute. And there he was. Da, da, da. And, I mean, if the Trump would blow right now, this would end my study with the best exclamation point ever. You know, we would be done. And for eternity, you couldn't stand me because I'd be like, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? He was, but I would rather be heralding the news that that purifies your heart that the lord is coming and we don't know when so be ready right be ready and that way maybe the next time you feel tempted to sin you think "Uh oh what if the lord you because the holy ghost will remind you he'll say remember what pastor said lord could come any second do you want him to come while you're doing that and you're like no that the hope of his coming purifies my heart it takes care of this little ticker in here to make it stay right with the Lord. Now, this is the stuff that we need to hold on to for our faith. 
We need to know these things. And Paul, well, he ends this, verse 18, with all prayer now and, and petition. He says, pray at all times. He says, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert for with all perseverance and petition for the saints. He says, and, and pray on my behalf, he says, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the, with boldness the mystery of the gospel. He says, for which I am an ambassador in chains and that in proclaiming it, I might speak boldly as I ought to. This guy is asking for prayer to be bolder. And yet he's in jail because of his boldness. I mean, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he could have much trouble with boldness. But if the Apostle Paul would ask for prayer that he would be bold, maybe when he went to jail, maybe it, it kind of he kind of shut down. We don't know. Maybe he felt like, boy, I don't know. This got me in a lot of trouble. Or maybe he was having a hard day in his faith. We don't know. But if he would ask for prayer to be made more bold to make known the gospel... Do you think it would hurt for us to ask for prayer? I mean, we, we certainly could use prayer for that. He says, but that that you also may know about my circumstances and how I'm doing. He says, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. For I sent him to you with for this very purpose, so that you may know about us and that he might comfort your hearts. So peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And grace be with all those who love the Lord Jesus Christ with an incorruptible love. This is uh, one of the best salutations I've ever heard. In the, I mean, to say to people, peace be to all the brethren and love with faith. Love that has accompanied by faith. That's true love from God and from the Father and from the Lord Jesus. And grace be with all of those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. This is a beautiful salutation that we have from, from Paul. As he's saying, but how often does he say, you know, I find this really interesting. After he gets, all, gets us all decked out in spiritual armor for, for the battle, I want to point out to you the very first position of the soldier in the Lord's army. Because I believe that the first thing we do in verse is found in verse 18. Once we don all our armor, we get all ready for the battle. We're not told to go run to the battle. He told us to stand, right? Stand firm. Stand your, stand your ground. But then the next thing that we're told in verse 18 is, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. The very first, I, I call this take a knee. Because I, I was always taught, you know, when you go to prayer, to, to bend a knee. Before the Lord, you know, you, you bow in reverence to him. Take so so you get you get all the armor on, you get ready for the battle, and what's the first first position you know the soldier is to uh, assume? Well, in the military they say take a knee. You know, it's just a it's just a saying when it when it, yeah, you bend down and take a knee. And we we are told for this big spiritual warfare going on, take a knee. And begin to pray. And how long shall we pray? Always. Let's pray all the time. You know, it's, that, it's an attitude of our heart. Where we, you know, you know how days go. Some days you're just praying all day long. It just, you don't even think about it. You just do it naturally. Your spirit communicates with our maker. 
Some days you get distracted or the devil gets you sidetracked and you don't pray and you, and you think, oh, I don't even remember praying much today. It's kind of a dry day spiritually. That's what we want to avoid. We want to be the people that pray in the spirit all, uh, all the time. Because that, I believe, it says, it says with this in view that we be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Being on the alert means we're ready for, there's got to be something going to happen. What do we have to be alert about? Jesus coming back. This is what really keeps me in the right mindset to handle all the, well, the devil's doing all these little wicked schemes and, and, and trying to stir the pot and mess with people. If I just stay in the spirit and pray all the time and keep alert that the Lord's coming could come anytime, it's amazing how it changes my whole outlook. The stuff still happens. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, he said, because I have overcome the world. And he says, my peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives now, I've shared this before, but his peace is not world's definition. of. You look up peace in, in Webster's Dictionary, it says absence of conflict. That's the definition for peace. That's not the, defini- the spiritual definition that we get from the biblical understanding. See, the peace that the Lord gives us is his peace. And his peace is a peace that doesn't matter what the conflict is. Because he says, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you have, how much fear do you have? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. See, it's not an absence of conflict. It's an assurance that he'll get you through the conflict because we have assurance of who's with us. When we go through a conflict, we're not worried. We're like, the Lord's with me. Now, if the Lord wasn't with us, we could freak out. But as I told you, our God reigns. And he's, he's announced his salvation through his son. And we don't have anything to worry about. So stand firm. Put on the whole armor and start praying. And see what God will do. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the big island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at amazinggracekona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona. Oh, clap your hands, yes, all of your people. We'll sing child with the joy of the Lord. Oh, raise your hands to the King and His throne on high. He's got a lot and He's gonna do more. Well, let us boast about the wonderful things that He's done and let us dwell on Store. Well, the truth of the matter is he's done it all And don't you know that he's gonna do more Ah, it's time to fill your heart with emotion It's time to send those feelings up high It's time to declare your love and emotion It's time to sing about your home and Sky. Oh, clap your hands, yes, all of you people. Sing a child with the toil and Lord. Oh, raise your hands to the King and His Lord on high.
No! 